It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. Together again on another Saturday morning. Good morning to you. Hope you'll be part of the show today. 404-872-0750. Figured I'd get that out there early because we haven't got a lot of calls in the wintertime. We typically don't. A lot of you are dormant, just like your lawns, just like the trees, not really doing a whole lot. But we could talk about anything. We could talk about what's blooming in your landscape right now, any of the winter color that you're enjoying, plans you have for maybe upcoming classes, master gardener things you want to be involved in and share with others. This is the place to do it. 404-872-0750. Lots on the show this month and next. I'm calling it my Outdoor Expert Series when I have consecutive Saturdays of guests and experts in the studio. Today, I'll be joined by Shannon Pable, who does a little bit of a lot of things. Garden designer, a certified landscape professional. I think she's even at some point had her uh, arborist certification. She's a longtime friend of Walter Reeves, and I'm so glad I've gotten to know her over the years. And she's going to come with a lot of really good ideas for yard art, landscape design, we're going to even be talking about plant identification and how you go about doing that because it's it's really helpful to know the right way. If you're calling in the show, I obviously can't see what you're talking about. Maybe you're calling your county extension office or you're trying to describe a weed or something to someone at a big box store or at a nursery. What characteristics you need to know and be familiar with so that you, you can then explain it to someone else who's maybe going to try to help you out so you know how to tackle that. And shade gardening, too. Shannon's a big fan of shade gardening. Uh, what she has in the landscape, what she loves, what could work for a lot of us. Ferns want to plant under trees because we love our trees here in Georgia. So she is coming in at 730 this morning. So any of those questions she and I can tackle together. Next Friday, February 16th, is Georgia Arbor Day, so kind of a tree-themed show for next Saturday, the 17th. Of course, Jeff Roth and Premier Premier Tree Solutions and certified arborist on staff, Rafael Santiago, will be in studio. And I'm actually going to see them at my mom's house on Wednesday. Get a little work done, hang out with them, see how they do it, and then we'll talk about that and kind of recap next Saturday. Can't wait to see what the guys do to improve my mom's landscape a little bit. And then come March, it's going to be a lot of fun. Norm Mitleider will be back. If you missed some of the conversation that Norm and I had either last week or week before, Norm called in with a lot of really good tips on Japanese maple. He is a certified aesthetic pruner, has a lot of high-end clientele here in the Atlanta area in Buckhead, and is taking care of their landscapes for years, especially those really expensive landscapes when they're looking to have that kind of theme. And Japanese maples are his thing. So he shared a lot of great tips on the air when he called in just the other week. And I posted that as a a post on the Facebook page. If you're interested in knowing anything about Japanese maples, how to plant them, how to properly care for them, any pruning questions you've got. Even a couple of people were wondering about transplanting them. If it's a 10 or 20 foot tree, you probably want to find a certified professional to work on that for you. You don't have the excavator and and the right tools to do it, but there are ways to do all of that. And Norm's great advice, again, is on the Facebook page. If you just search Facebook for Green and Growing WSB there, you'll find some of the great things he said. And raise your hand if deer drive you crazy in the landscape in Georgia. And they're kind of running out of places to live. We've got a lot of construction. We've got a lot of uh, deer roaming and moving around and being shuffled around. So they're going to come to your landscape and find what's attractive when they're hungry. Well, Trent uh, Ellis from Armor Wildlife Management will be on the second Saturday in March, we'll talk about deer, tackling those, not physically, but metaphorically, tackling those in the landscape, and also moles. Those are a problem right now. As I walk shadow, 
take her on walks in the neighborhood and we're walking along the curb line. I can tell people's yards, including my own, that have been tunneled by moles. And there's got to be an easier way than going out there stomping the tunnels. There's got to be something because I do that and I just look like an idiot. And then they're right back the next day. And then at the end of March, uh, Clint Waltz from the University of Georgia, turf grass specialist, will be in studio. And he always gets a lot of great calls and comes with a lot of really good answers. I don't want you to be overwhelmed by taking care of your lawn, by the weeds you're going to see in your lawn this spring and this summer. Clint's going to make it easy for you. And speaking of that, uh, a publication that he wrote with a colleague, Alfredo Martinez, who is a turf grass pathologist uh, for the University of Georgia Extension, 10 Steps to a Healthier Home Lawn. And these are some some really good things to be thinking about in preparation for. You want the best spring green up ever on your warm season grasses as your Bermuda and centipede and zoysia come to. Your fescue hopefully is looking great. We're coming up on time to fertilize that. That takes two or three fertilizations a year and it is a cool season grass so now is it's time to shine and look green and all of that but all these things are something to consider you've got to have a healthy turf to keep out the weeds and to keep it alive and it's an investment for you as well so here are 10 steps to a healthier home lawn we'll buzz through these real quick prepare the soil properly for successful turf grass establishment when you get sod and it's from a reputable quality place it's only as good as the soil is prepared for it. So if you have not done proper soil uh, prep for it, it's probably not going to take hold and root as well. So you've got to make sure there's good drainage and remove all the debris you can, rocks and tree stumps, anything that's going to get in the way from those grass roots to making contact with the soil and really getting in through that that clay soil, you know, roughing it up a little bit. And soil samples, too. If you're just not sure and you haven't been able to grow grass in an area, yeah, maybe time to give it up. But if you've not gotten a soil test, now is a good time to do that. You submit it through your county extension office. They send it to the laboratory at the University of Georgia, and you'll have the results in a couple of weeks. tells you what it's deficient in, what you can do to improve it. And you're telling the lab, hey, here's what I want to grow. So they're testing for the nutrients and the conditions for what you want to grow. So prepare the soil properly. That's number one. Number two, a locally adapted disease-resistant turf grass. And there are so many great varieties, whether it's zoysias out there, a lot of the Bermudas. And if they have TIF in the name, T-I-F, well, they were produced and developed down at the Tifton campus for the University of Georgia. And they are known throughout the world even for being, you know, some shade tolerant, some drought tolerant. So cultivars have really improved, but you want to make sure it's something locally adapted that was maybe developed in the Southeast, developed for the Southeast. Number three, purchase high-quality, disease-free seed or sod or sprigs. Again, a certified producer. A lot of these sod farms go through rigorous testing that make sure everything's okay. If if some sod manufacturer is putting their name and their association with a sod farm, they want to make sure that it's farmed the way they intended it to so that a good product goes out. Number four, maintain recommended mowing height. Mow turf grasses often enough so that you're not removing more than one-third, right? We talk about that as a rule of pruning. Don't remove more than one-third of the tree or one-third of the shrub at a time. Turf grass is no different. When you're mowing the blades, you're only removing 30% or less of the leaf blade. You're not scalping it. You want to keep the mower blade sharp as well so you're not really roughing up the grass too bad. And raise the mowing height during stress periods, like when there's a drought, which we know we're going to encounter coming up in the warmer months. 
mow a little bit taller, let that grass stay a little bit longer. Number five, proper irrigation practices. And we always talk about when to water the lawn, right? You definitely want to water when it's going to have a chance to dry out, like in the early morning. Then it's going to have all day to dry out, and you're not putting it to bed wet, which can introduce disease and fungus and all of that stuff. And you've got to make sure that it gets about an inch a week. And during establishment with a new seeded lawn or newly sodded lawn, that's so important. Water, consistent moisture during establishment is really important. Number six, apply fertilizer and lime according to soil test recommendations. Some people put out lime just to do it, but disease can be increased by imbalanced fertility improper fertilization. There's no need to actually go out and just fertilize like crazy if you don't know what nutrients the soil has, right? Number seven, remove excess thatch. And that is when it's actively in growth. You remove that thatch that's down at the base of the blades and it just makes for better airflow, right? And it causes disease. It can harbor disease, all of that thatch staying in there. Number eight, allow for adequate light and air movement in shaded areas. So raise the mowing height again so that the plant can absorb all the sunshine it can. Maybe prune nearby trees. We've had to do that. We've had to limb up some trees to improve light and air movement down into the yard. Reducing fertilizer maybe by up to 50% compared to the grass in full sun areas. So that'll save you a little bit of money, a little bit of time. Don't go as heavy with the fertilizer in shaded areas. Number nine, almost done. Follow recommended disease, insect, and weed control practices. So all of those things have to work in concert together to maintain a healthy turf. And number 10, you can reach out to the show here. You can contact your local county extension office for any assistance. Your county extension agent's a really cool person. I've met at least seven or eight of the county extension agents that represent the counties here in Metro Atlanta, and they're all such cool, fun people. Like, I want to be one of them. I want to hang out with them. And we've had lunch. We've gone to seminars together, and they're really fun, and they want to help. And they have microscopes in their office. They can look carefully at the grass blades and things you submit to them and figure out what's going on. But you can find your county extension office and who your agent is if you call 1-800-ASK-UGA-1 and get in touch with that person, too, because they offer a lot of good classes. They have a lot of good information, and they're just waiting to help you. That's what our tax dollars pay for, these really well-educated, nice, well-meaning people that want to help make the environment better. 404-872-0750. It is time to go to a break already. When we come back, we'll talk to Charles and Roswell about pruning a Meyer lemon and SAR in Maysville, common ivy with weeds. Wants the ivy, doesn't want the weeds. So a selective herbicide, we'll work on that. And you can call the show too, 404-872-0750. It's green and growing. It's Saturday morning on WSB. I'm not looking directly at the weather forecast, but I think I know what it's going to do. It's going to rain later. I think the rain comes in around dinner time, and then it's going to rain all day tomorrow. That's really all you need to know. But it's going to be warm today. If you come see me at the Marietta Square at the Farmer's Market... Between, let's say, 9.30 and noon, i got to get out of here and have time to get up there. It's not going to be raining. It's going to be almost 70 degrees today. Highs in the mid to upper 60s, that's really nice. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing and Channel 2 Chief Meteorologist Brad Nitz, who is in for Christina Edwards this weekend. So we'll come along with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend in just a little while. We have plenty of time to cover that. I've got a lot of other things that you just need to be thinking about this time of year. But I want to go out to the calls first. Uh, up in Roswell, say good morning to Charles. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Good morning. And I want to tell you how much I enjoy your show. Thank you. It is great. I appreciate it's- that. I look forward to it every day. It's fun. Uh, you ought to uh, get up and let you do it on Sundays, too. <laughs> now, Charles, I need a day off. I don't want my boss hearing you say that. <laughs> well, anyway, um, um, a couple of years ago, I called you about my Meyer lemon plant. 
it's actually a, a small bush now, and um, it wasn't yielding any lemons to speak of, maybe two or three. And then uh, you told me to prune it at the intersections, mm-hmm. and I did. And it yielded about 30-something lemons this past December, November and December. Really? Yeah, That's it was cool. it, was, it was fantastic. Wow. And I'm just wondering, do I need to do that again to prune it again or just... Not um, necessarily. Um, you know, when you're thinking about pruning, you always want to remove anything that looks dead or damaged. That's never going to be of any benefit to the tree. But if all the limbs look pretty healthy, and really when you step back, like, you know, the the fruit's ripened, you're pretty much done with it right now. So now would be the time to prune because now the tree's going to start kind of shutting back down. It's put on its show. It's done its thing. It's going to kind of start shutting back down until you're able to maybe bring it outside and let it recharge with the bright sunlight in the summertime. So now would be a time to prune. But when you step back and kind of look at it, you still want to make sure that the leaves and the branch structures are in such a way that sunlight's able to penetrate and still get through. And generally, when it has kind of a balanced shape, you want it to be a little thinner up top and then a little wider and more full toward the middle and the base. Again, that way so sun can penetrate it. And if it looks to have about that right shape, you know, and and you're treating it well, it doesn't have any insects or anything, I don't think pruning's really necessary. It shouldn't be an annual thing that you have to do. Okay, well, that's what that was the main question. Cool. Now, what did you do with all those lemons? Well, um, we gave some away, and we ate a lot of them, and then we stored them in um, bottles of water in the refrigerator. Gosh, that's really cool, Charles. I'm so happy. And then do you bring it outside in the summertime and let it charge up and get some sunlight? It's out there waiting on the sun to come up right now. It's going to be a nice day for it. It's going to love it. Yeah, and uh, let it get rain. And we do bring it in when it gets down uh, below freezing, but most of the time it stays outside. Good, good. Well, yeah. I am so glad to hear that yeah. good news. Thank you for calling, and that's a great question, too. Well, thank you for for me uh, allowing to be on the show. Of course, Charles, anytime. Thanks for the follow-up there. And I want to share, too, um, someone with a PR firm for a citrus company down in Florida reached out to me and said, hey, you want to interview our guy? And I said, yeah, I've never had citrus on the show, so I'm going to interview this guy. I'm going to play the interview in March. He's really interesting. He, he has a place here in Atlanta, but the citrus farm is down in Florida. And I asked him all these questions that or I have them all written down to ask all the things that you all wonder that I wonder that I don't know about citrus. So stay tuned for that in March. That's going to be a really good interview. 404-872-0750. More of your calls next. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. 36 minutes after the hour, two and a half hours to go, but it flies by. Green and growing on your radio Saturday morning. I'm here live in studio. Got a guest coming in about an hour. Shannon Pable. We're going to be talking about everything gardening. She loves yard art, landscape design, shade gardening, weed identification. That's going to be really helpful for all of us as well. Call in, 404-872-0750. So, DeMarco, you're a high-energy dude, and I love having you produce the show for me on Saturday mornings. I was thinking this morning when I was getting ready, is my song intro there, the little collage of songs? That 
is that getting old yet? It's been four years. Is it time to mix it up, or is it still like you're you're jumping over there to the beat? So I'm doing something right. right? I, I jam out to it every time it comes on. Okay. I sing along to it every time it comes on. I sing it sometime when it's not on. <laughs> so too. so it's catchy. Uh, we all love it, and I don't want it to go anywhere. So it's not time to like <laughs> no, freshen it up. No. You know? No. So Clark but, Howard. But if you do freshen it up, I mean, that's fine. But this this version right here is awesome. Yeah. And like I hear it more than anybody else. Right. Because I'm here all the time. And then I go home and edit the show and listen to it again and again and again. <laughs> so maybe I mean, it's not getting on my nerves. I just like don't want it to get on anybody else's nerves. No, we right? love it. So Clark Howard, for the longest time, his syndicated radio show, the song Money. I don't know if it's Eddie. Oh, what's the name of the rock star? The one that, I, I know I know what you're talking about. Money. Yeah, yeah, like that was his theme song, and there's like a cash register sound at the beginning of it, and like I liked that song, and now I hear it on rock radio years later, and I'm, it makes me think of Clark Howard. But I was like, that got old, so I just want to make sure. Just, okay, thanks, thanks for. I think you're good. You're okay. good for a while. You're good for. <laughs> I a while. did see you hopping around. Those <laughs> what made me think of it. So good. We'll keep the show intro. That collage of songs put a lot of thought into that when the show came on the air four years ago. February 1st of 2020 was the first Green and Growing show. And we've had a lot of fun. We've learned a lot together since. And I continue to keep on doing it. Charles and Roswell was funny, though. You should have it on Sunday, too. Eh, I need a day off. But I will be on the air tomorrow. (laughs) I will be here tomorrow. Uh, We're debuting a new show. I'll give you guys the inside scoop. We are debuting a new show. It's only going to be one Sunday a month, though. But it's 95.5 WSB presents the Children of Children's. We have such an amazing partnership with Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorder Center, for which we raise money during our annual Carathon. You know, those two days in July where all of our hosts come together. We broadcast from the hospital. We're one big happy family. We meet so many inspiring patients. We tell their stories, meet their families. Our boss, our program director, Ken Charles, was like, this needs to be more than two days a year. They're doing some amazing, groundbreaking, world-renowned things right here in Atlanta at that children's hospital, and we need to talk more about it. So one Sunday a month, we will have that show. We present the Children of Children's right here on WSB. So it's on tomorrow from 1 to 2 o'clock, and you will meet my co-host, and then my co-host will eventually take over the show. You're going to be amazed. I'm not going to tell you much about my co-host, but it's not what you expect. You're going to be amazed, very talented, very creative. It's going to be a cool show. And we're just going to keep telling stories about these amazing kids and how it impacts our city and, and the generosity of all of you that keep the Carathon going. So I will be here tomorrow, but generally I like to take Sundays off. <laughs> 404-872-0750. All right. Up next is Sar calling from Maysville. Hey there. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. What's going on? It's hard to believe it's been four years since you took over where Walter left I off. Know, You're doing an feels... awesome job, and I listen every week. Thank you so much. Doing it. it feels like two, but, you know, double that. It's been four. It's been crazy. But I still talk to Walter, and he says, tell all of you hello, by the way. <laughs> we miss him. Yes. I've got a large bed of common ivy that I can't keep weed grass out of. Mm-hmm. I pull it, I pull it, I pull it. I'll cut it with a lawnmower and pull it, and it keeps coming back. I want to keep the ivy and get rid of the weed grass. What do I do? So that is um, that is not a bad problem to have. Yes, it's annoying, but my, my news to you is there's a couple of easy fixes. Um, since it's a grassy weed, odds are that it goes to seed, right? And it just keeps spreading and it stays in the soil because it's coming back from seed that stays in the soil. And there's enough 
filtered sunlight that gets in through that ivy to where it's like, hey, I can still keep growing. So a couple of things for you. First, a pre-emergence herbicide. So that kind of herbicide you put before the weeds emerge, you're probably going to want to do it two times a year, Sar. Just like I tell people, keeping the weeds out of their lawn, we want to apply it by mid-March. So actually now is a great time to go ahead and get a granular pre-emergence herbicide out there to knock back what is going to try and germinate come spring and summer. So, right, it's not going to help what's there right now, but it's going to lessen what you have to deal with and look at in spring and summer. And then the other pre-emergence herbicide application would be by mid-September. So you want to get it done in around before September 15th, and that's going to eliminate a lot of the grassy weeds you see now that are able to grow and thrive in the winter and the cooler months. And then with what you've got, you can, um, if, if you're overtaken by what's there now, a selective herbicide. You know, there's there's herbicides that are designed for broadleaf weeds when you look at the bottle, and then there are some designed for grassy weeds. You want to go ahead and buy a spray that is targeted for grassy weeds, and it's taken up through the plant differently than a herbicide for a broadleaf. And if you used a broadleaf herbicide, well, ivy has broadleaf, so that would impact that. But if you're targeting grassy weeds such as that, it's going to have a different mode of action and not affect the ivy. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. So I would do all of those things. I would do the pre-emergence herbicide and make sure when you do that granular herbicide now and by mid-September that it really gets down, you know, shake the ivy and rake with a rake or whatever you can do to make sure that granular herbicide gets down to the soil. It's got to have good penetration and seepage into the soil to then eliminate the weed seeds. Make sure you do that now and before mid-September and then go ahead and shop around for a grassy uh, weed herbicide and just start selectively spraying that. And in no time, I mean, it may take a full year for this to run its course. You'll see a lot less. And if, you know, the areas where the ivy's not maybe grown in as well and there's some bare spots, I would use a, a little bit of a mulch or some kind of barrier as well to kind of keep the weeds at bay. The ivy's going to come up no matter what, so you're good there. Um, but maybe, you know, mulch some of those areas with cypress chips or something like that, and then maybe hope that the ivy will take over and fill in any bare spots and you're sheltering out the weeds that you don't want by using a, a mulch. That's awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it sounds promising. It's it's a lot of work, but it's not anything that's going to happen overnight. But yeah, get on that pre-emergence herbicide. Go to the big box store right now, and you'll find them in, in large bags. Um, uh, Scott's makes a couple of good ones. Uh, one of them is called Halts. Um, I can't think of the other brand names right off the top of my head, but you'll you'll find them, and now's the time to go ahead and apply that. And if you have any left over, use it in the lawn, too, and, and you'll see less weeds this summer. Thank you, sweetheart. Have a great day. You, too. Thanks so much. Sorry. Yay. I was pretty confident about that answer, but sometimes I talk in circles. <laughs> it takes me a while to get to the answer for you guys, but it's like, well, I want to just throw out everything that I know so that it's helpful not only to you, but to somebody listening with a similar problem or something else that they can then relate my answer. Okay. 404-872-0750. Up next, go out to Douglas County and say good morning to Jeff. Hey there, Jeff. Welcome. Hi, Ashley. How are you doing this morning? Wonderful. Great to hear from you. All right. Well, listen, I've got a friend. I've got a lot of magnolia trees around my property, and my friend wants one. I have a little sapling I noticed about maybe three foot tall. I was wondering when would be the best time to transplant it over to her. Uh, property and how would I go about doing that? Would I need to put it in a bucket or, you know, when would be the best time to do it? So you're wanting to take that little sucker that's at the base of your tree? Yes, ma'am. Now? Well, actually, it's about 
three or four feet away from one of the trees and about six or eight from the other. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think I'm going to mess any roots up, but mm-hmm. I just don't know when I could transplant it. Yeah, no, that would be totally viable. That's a great idea. Um, you could go ahead and dig it up now and maybe use like a one-gallon pot, you know, just a black pot from the nursery or something, fill it with good, clean dirt and go ahead and put it in there and make sure it gets a lot of sunlight. You know, with the, I mean, magnolias are tough, so I wouldn't say do as much protecting it from the cold and the freezing or whatever, but baby it a little bit, you know, make sure it gets a lot of sun in that pot, keep it watered. And I would probably wait till fall because I think if she's going to want it to be really tough and strong and plant it in a new spot, there's still so much in nature that could just ruin it because it's still such, you know, such a young stage. So I would keep it in that pot probably from now through the summer, keep it watered. You can keep it outside though. And then fall is going to be the best time for it to establish new roots, not have to put a lot of emphasis on uh, growth, per se, in the wintertime. It's going to be able to just really focus on its roots and its new place and all of that. And then it'll be settled in that spot by next spring when it really wants to start to put on more leaves and more limbs and do all of that kind of thing. So um, it would be possible to plant it in the ground come spring because it's in the ground now and it's doing fine. Um, but I would just really baby it and make sure that it, it can toughen up a little bit through one more fall, one more winter before it really stands on its own. Well, good. I'll give her the potted plant for uh, Mother's Day or her birthday, and then she can deal with that. Yes, and just, you know, check on her every now and then and be like, hey, you remembering to water that pot? Hey, is you know, you turn in that pot, making sure it gets good sunlight, and it should stay alive and, and be really happy in the summertime. And then, like I said, it's able to really focus on root growth in the fall when the soil's cooler and it's planted in the soil, and it's going to be so happy. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. What a great idea for a gift. See, guys, we don't have to go out and spend a lot of money for Valentine's Day or Mother's Day or Father's Day. Sharing plants and ones that have meaning in your landscape and then sharing that with others, I think that's really special. And that's a really thoughtful idea, something that came from your yard that someone admires that then they can have a piece of it in their own yard. That's fantastic, Jeff. I love it. 404-872-0750. Okay, when we come back this time, for real, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend and a question about zoysia lawn as well. 404-872-0750. The update on the weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, rain is moving in later in the day. It's going to be cloudy, though, a high of almost 70 degrees. So dress accordingly. It's going to be nice. You're rained out tomorrow. Sorry, no plans. Maybe thunderstorms on Monday and then clearing skies for Tuesday. The complete forecast comes up in less than 10 minutes. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, number one, clean out bluebird nest boxes if you haven't already because those families are starting to look at real estate. Install bluebird boxes if you don't have any. They need an eastern-facing, sunny spot. They want a long range to see out of their box. They don't want competition from others. Those are so great, though. You're going to love those guys coming to your feeders and being around your house. And their chirp is so pretty. And provide mealworms as a special snack. They love mealworms. I don't do live ones. That's gross. I do the dried ones, but they seem none the wiser. They're happy. Number two, enjoy the show of Japonica Camellias right now. Actually, Mark Aram. I'm going to talk about him every week because I'm so proud of him sharing a picture from he and Maya's yard of a beautiful Japonica Camellia in bloom right now. And he's like, Frasca, what's this? Enjoy it. They look great right now. Use a dormant oil to control scale if that becomes a problem on the stems. Remove the expired blooms as much as you can from underneath 
We don't want to introduce any disease or fungus into the soil or whatever, just rake stuff out from underneath the, the bush. And the North Georgia Camellia Society show is today and tomorrow at Atlanta Botanical Gardens. And if you do not have plants, I think between like 10 and 5, roughly, today and tomorrow, that is fantastic. It all gets judged. People grow them from all over. And it's just really neat to see the different varieties. They're God created them. They're perfect. They're beautiful, different colors. That's really neat. The North uh, Georgia Camellia Society show at Atlanta Botanical Gardens. And number three, remove leaves and limbs, any debris from your lawn to prevent fungus and keep fescue mode high. Adjust irrigation systems accordingly too, right? With all of the rain we've had. Atlanta saw almost seven inches of rain last month in July. Athens was six inches above average with 10 plus inches of rain last month. So you don't really need those irrigation systems to be going right now. Time them out. Those numbers are courtesy of meteorologist Christina Edwards. She looked into that for me. Okay, 404-872-0750. Up next, it's Tommy in Flowery Branch. Hey there, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, Tommy. What's up? So I have a question. I have a, I have a new build um, with new sod going in, mm-hmm. and I've decided on zoysia, but I'm getting conflicting information on the Internet about emerald versus zeon. The majority of my lawn is going to be the front yard is east facing, and the uh, the backyard is kind of a northwest facing. Okay, so a lot of shades. What do you recommend? I, Zeon or emerald? Um, emerald is known to be fairly shade tolerant. The Zeon is really, really becoming quite popular. The Zeon, I would say, the shade performance is probably best on that. Um, over the emerald just because it's improved. I think the emerald zoysia is kind of a, a cross, a hybrid between two others. Zeon's a little newer. It's it's bred for a little bit more drought resistance and shade resistance, to be honest. You know, when you say you get conflicting you know, information from the internet, I understand that. That is tough. What I would do just to make sure what's right for you, both are good. Both are improved cultivars for sure. Both are going to be fine. You still need sun though, right? You still need most sun um, you know, if it's if it's dappled shade here and there, it's okay. But if, if you've got a lot of shade, we need to start thinking about something else. But generally between the two, it's, it's going to be close. Um, but when you're looking for reputable sources online, one of the websites I pulled up just now, ngturf.com, um, ngturf grown here in North Georgia, you know, growing sod that's adaptable for climates like ours. You're in Flowery Branch all across North Georgia. Um, as far as like, you know, cold resistance and all of that kind of thing, too. Um, also, publications from the University of Georgia Extension, like Clint Waltz does all that work with all of his colleagues down at the Griffin campus of UGA. And they test cultivars as well down there. And they are doing scientific testing for what's most resistant to disease and all of that kind of thing. So if you can go to georgiaturf.com, that's going to be the website for all the work that Clint and his cohorts do down at UGA, georgiaturf.com. Those are two good websites, and ngturf.com, where you can compare a little more and read a little bit more than I've got time for, Tommy. But I'm going with Zeon. I hope I'm right on that. But neither one's a bad choice. Thank you for the call. Good luck. I want you to follow up with me. Let me know what you find out. 404 872 Hour 2 of Green and Growing coming your way next. <laughs> 